everyone. Welcome to Huron Chapel. We're so glad you could join us for this message series, Paul's Powerful Progressive Plan. Life is full of choices, and every choice you make will either take you in the progressive life-giving direction God has planned for you, or rob you of the opportunity to know the full life God intends for you to live. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and please share this podcast with your friends. I also want to thank you. I went away for holidays, and before I went away for holidays, I got a couple cards of encouragement, and I came back. I was just covered with cards of encouragement for you from you guys. Uh, notes, wonderful notes saying nice things, and I got to the point where I said to Glenda, am I dying? <laughs> and you're, is there something you want to tell me? Tell me now. I just thought, man, I was so, I, but it was so, I appreciate it so much. So many keepers are going to frame so many of them because the words were so powerful. And a way of encouragement, uh, I love small group ministry in our church because we learn how to do life together. We, we, we get to know each other. We serve. And one of our small groups from Clinton yesterday went down to Roland McDonald House in London where they serve some meals. And there's a couple of our young people from youth group, Roland and Grace. There's Jacoby and another, another one. Here's the whole group minus next picture. That's the whole group there. We see uh, Mel on the right, and Terry, and Kim, and Adam, and Angie, and Jacoby, and Caleb, and Roland, and Grace, and Isabel, and then David. I'm assuming you're taking the picture. Oh, that's you? <laughs> Obviously, you're not that important. <laughs> oh, that, that's good. We, we trust you were there. We trust you were there. You see his hand. That's, that's right. He was serving with that hand. Well, I'm really excited today as well because we're starting this new series. Paul's powerful, progressive plan. I love preaching this. I think if we every two years or so we preach this, it's just I, I just look forward to it every time. Uh, in the title, you see the word Paul, and Paul's referring to the Apostle Paul, uh, who was you know arguably the greatest uh, missionary, greatest theologian of our time, greatest church planner of our time. When God wanted to write the New Testament. He chose Paul to write more of it than any other writer, any other author. So Paul is a significant person. We're going to hear from in all of these sermons today, uh, this over the next course of, of time. And it's a it's a plan. The, the name, the word plan, is in there because it, the plan has choices that you need to make and not only make but follow through on. Every message you will offer you some kind of choice, some sort of decision to make regarding your life, because you know life is full of choices. And every choice you make will either take you in the progressive, life-giving direction God has planned for your life, or they will rob you of the opportunity to know God and, and the full life that He has intended, has planned for you. So there is a plan, and it's powerful. Our choices are powerful. It's the decisions we make or don't make which will have the greatest impact on our life. You know, sometimes we're tempted to think, well, I'm not where I need, should be or need to be because of this person or, or these circumstances or, or because of this condition in my life that's happening. Uh, and I find myself in a moment, you know, someday maybe I will get there, maybe I will be that, but I can't right now because of this, 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 and this. But, you know, people arise above adverse circumstances. People rise above poor conditions and succeed. We cannot, you know, go on holding to excuses all our life, uh, pointing to others or lamenting our conditions when we have the means right now to make decisions lift us, lift us out of those places. So in your sermon notes, you'll see it says, it is life's decisions we make rather than life's conditions we find ourselves in which will determine how our life will turn out. 
That's important. In this series, you will be giving God-directed decisions. They're not my words. They're not words from the latest best-selling author. These are God's words to you. And they will impact your life in powerful ways where you can experience all that God would have you to be when you make them and follow through on them. And you can choose to make these decisions now. You don't have to wait for circumstances to change. You don't have to wait for better conditions. You don't have to wait for someday. You don't have to wait until tomorrow until you have a larger income before you can make these decisions in your life. You don't have to wait until you have a, a better job or you find that right person to marry or, or um, whatever that might be. These decisions that you can hear in this series uh, will meet you where you're at and begin to change you where you're at. You don't have to wait till you move to the right town or to the right place because it isn't changing the conditions, as in your notes says, which changes our life, but rather is making the right decisions in life which changes the conditions. I like that. And you know, a great example of that is what Mark West read for us today, Paul and Silas, put in prison because just preaching, doing the good work of God, of Jesus, and they're in prison, they're, in, they're, they're, they're put in chains. They have a guard watching over them because they want to make sure they would not escape. And conditions were not great. They were not good. Paul and Silas could have easily just thrown a large pity party saying, Woe is me. I'm just trying to do the work of God. Why am I here? But Paul and Silas made a different decision. In Acts 16, we read this morning, they chose to praise God by singing hymns. And that's just a little bit convicting to me because sometimes, you know, I get a little grumpy when I have to stand too long in church. Or maybe you don't like this song. Or maybe you don't like something and, 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 you, get, and you, get, you don't sing. And we don't praise God because we don't like the conditions. The conditions Paul and Silas found themselves in warranted defeat. They were not good. They would cause anybody to be grumpy, but instead of complaining and being miserable, they said, no, let's praise God here today. And I sense by their praise and their, that it was genuine and sincere and very powerful. And God responded. He caused the earthquake to come. Chains broke. Paul and Silas, they were free to go, but they stayed for the sake of their jailer, knowing that if they left, he would be killed. So he was going to kill himself anyways. Thought they had left, and when Paul and Silas cried out, No, don't go, we're still here. He ran to them and said, Wow, you would do this for me. What must I do to be saved? To have what you have. And we heard that not only this jailer came to Christ, but Paul and Silas shared with his family, and they were all saved. Because our choices are so powerful. They change the condition of our life and in the lives of others. And this plan's progressive. Because each one of these choices are going to cause us to move forward. Not to stay stuck, not to go back, but to go forward. So that's just a little bit of an introduction of the series, Paul's Powerful Progressive Plan. And everyone will have a choice, and the choice today is this. Accepting and living out God's forgiveness is one of the paramount decisions, i probably say the paramount decision we need to make if we're going to move forward and experience all God would have us to be and know. Uh, we learn this from Philippians 3, 13 to 14, and this is what we read. Paul says, but I focus 
on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So this is the choice. Paul says, this is what I do. I focus. This is what, that's what needed. That's what needed to move forward. To be able to forget the past sins which hold you captive so you look forward to what God has for you. So, number one, focus. But I focus on this one thing. Why is focus so important? We tend to move in the direction we're focused on. Right? We tend to move and end up where we're focused. That's where we go. And I've seen this happen so many times in life. And I always think of the time when I was teaching my daughter, Bethany, to ride, to learn how to ride a bicycle. And we put her on, we lived on a country road. It was so quiet and peaceful and there's no traffic. And we could, I took her out there and put her in the middle of this dirt road, this gravel road with no traffic and said, honey, we're going to learn, teach her how to ride a bike today. But I just want you to know, uh, you know, there's a, there's a ditch over here with some water and bulrushes that we call those things, bulrushes or milkweed or whatever, something. Just don't go there. Should have never told her that. Because she got on her bike and started going, and she's focusing, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. And boom, like a magnet, right into the ditch she went. I took her out and said, honey, let's do this again. Now just don't go in the ditch. you got all this road to go in. You can go to this side if you want to. There's just trees over there, but don't go over here. And she starts riding her bike and riding her bike. And so like, again, like a magnet, boom, right into the ditch. And I should have told her, if I was a better parent, to say, honey, focus on the middle of the road. Because we tend to move in the direction we're focused on. Paul says, but I focus on this one thing. Not, not many things. Not a lot of things. Not some things. Paul's focused on one thing which is needed. And what is most important. We would not be talking about Paul today in the terms of being the greatest theologian, greatest church planner, missionary, writer of the Goth of the New Testament, if he had not made that decision those many years ago. Focus is powerful. We tend to move in the direction what we're focused on. So what's Paul focused on? Forgetting. This one, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Because Paul had persecuted the church. He had inflicted pain upon Christians. He, he would hurt the church. His job description was, I will destroy the church by destroying Christians. And when Paul went by the name of Saul... Instead of being that great promoter of the church, he became this great persecutor. And this is what Paul says. This is what the Bible tells us about Paul during that time before he came to Christ. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was Paul. Paul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Now, isn't that intense? Paul, <laughs> this was not a casual dislike for Jesus and his followers. He, he was eager to kill them. And it wasn't until he met Jesus and, and Jesus came into his life and, and his life turned around where he became this great promoter and missionary and theologian of the church instead of the big destroyer of the church. So I can imagine what it had been like for Paul after he became to Christ, after he knew the truth of God, when he started realizing, oh my word, I, I, I caused such great affliction on the church. I, I'm responsible for Christians going to prison and perhaps even death because of what I used to do and who I was. And I really think the struggle, that Paul struggled with this, these sins of his past, this is forgetting what is behind. 
In fact, the 2 Corinthians 12, 7-9, I believe this is what Paul's referring to. We don't know for sure, but I believe this is what he's saying when he says, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God. And Paul's saying, I've received some amazing things from God. He just talks about being taken up into paradise and seeing things and knowing things that he said, I can't even put in the words for you. But God has shown me some great things. And he's saying, but, but to keep it from being proud, because that could make you proud. I was given a thorn in my flesh, and here was, here's what it was. A messenger from Satan to torment me, and to keep me from being proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness, so I'm, going to, so I'm glad, I'm now glad to boast in my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And Paul, we know, never specifically says what that thorn in the flesh was. Different people have different theories, but I will not be surprised if we get to heaven one day and find out it was what it says it was, a messenger from Satan, and it really was tormenting about what he had done in the past. I think as Paul's going around doing the business of the church, preaching the church, promoting Christ, that Satan sent a messenger saying, who do you think you are? Preaching about Jesus, knowing what you had done. How would you ever think you could be a follower of Jesus when you're hurt and killed and, and, and just caused affliction on his church for all those years? What right do you have yourself to call yourself a Christian, let alone an apostle of Jesus? How could God ever forgive you knowing what you've done? You've got a lot of nerve. And I see Paul trying to preach, preach and promote and build a church and have to face this constant thorn in the flesh, this torment to remind him of who he was and where he came from. Now, probably none of us here have the same story that Paul would have, but we do have a story. That's why we need to talk about this. And in our story, there's a chapel, chapter entitled, Things I Have Done Which I Am So Ashamed Of. We all have those. And even as I'm talking, you're thinking about them. They're coming back to you, and you wish you how you could rewrite these chapters or just blank them out because of the hurt you caused, the the greed that you portrayed, or the moral failure that you demonstrated in your life. And maybe no one knows about it. Maybe just a few know about it. But God knows, you know, and our enemy knows. And he will use those past sins in your life to try to disqualify you from being used by God and being all that God would have you to be. And he'll whisper in your ear, what right do you have to be a Christian? Look, look I know what you've done, and, and I know what, and if other people knew what you'd done, they'd be so ashamed and disgusted with you. How can you sing for Jesus this morning, knowing what you've done? How can you serve in his church, knowing what you have done? And I, and I know if you believe the lies of the enemy and the Lies, you'll come to this conclusion, there's no hope for me, I'm disqualified, I'm about to give up, ever being used by God for something in this world, in His kingdom, because I blew it because I've messed up so much in my past. That's the lies of the enemy. You may remember, and I preached this before, because I love this experiment that was done with northern pike. They put this fish in a large tank of water. And there was a glass divider in the middle. They put the pike on one side, and then put the pike's favorite uh, food on the other side, some minnows, with this glass divider in between. And as soon as the pike saw the minnows on the other side of the tank, they went after them. 
Like I go after a Chinese buffet, they were intense. They were determined. But they kept hitting that glass divider every time. They would try and try and try and fail and fail and fail. They could see the minnows, but they couldn't reach them. So after time, the pike became convinced the, the minnows were beyond their reach and gave up going after them. But here's the interesting part of the experiment. Now get this. The glass divider was removed. The minnows began swimming around the pike right in front of them. All they had to do was open their mouth and they would be rewarded. But they would not do it. They could not do it because they believed the lies that they're not, they're not, they're not, it's not possible. There's no sense in trying because what has happened in my past. I tried and I failed, so it's not going to work now. The good news is that we can move past and beyond our failures. Paul asked God three times, take away this tormentor of Satan. Paul said to God, I could, you know, I could be so much more effective in ministry if you would just take away this tormentor. I, I would be free. But God says, Paul, you're already free. God says, Paul, my grace is all you need. In other words, my forgiveness is enough. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what others are saying about you in your past and your sins. My grace is all you need. If you're sincerely sorry, if you're truly sorry and you ask, you will be forgiven. This is how my grace works. You are free. Now go after the minnows. And this is why Paul would write elsewhere in the, elsewhere in the Bible. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He's testifying. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You've got to accept. You need to accept and believe and claim and hold to this truth that what God has done for me through Jesus Christ is all I need. It isn't Jesus and something else. Now accept that Jesus, now I've got to do this to be saved. No, it's all you need is Christ. And I love how the Bible says, you know, he has removed our sins as far as the west, the east is from the west. In 1 John 1, 9 it says, but if, and that's important, but if we confess, if we're sincere, we mean it, we're not just giving lip service, but if we confess our sins to him, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all that past, that wickedness. We don't have to dwell any longer on the guilt of our past. We don't have to wallow in our past failures. And that's the reason why I get so excited about preaching this truth from God's Word. You can be free. No one else can say that to you but God. You can be free. Just like we sing in that song sometimes. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. He bought me back. He paid for my sins. And like, and like a flood, His mercy now reigns. His grace reigns on me. Unending love, amazing grace. I told this story too that, that actually about a, a prison chaplain named Bernie Archer, who I found out later Suzanne McVicker's uh, parents knew him from New Brunswick. And uh, Cal was one of the inmates who came to accept Christ as a savior, part of Bernie Archer's ministry. And when Cal finally got out of prison, he became involved in ministry to help ex-convicts kind of get back into life and into the world. And that was his ministry. That's what he wanted to do for Jesus. One of the men on the board of directors of this ministry organization that Cal was volunteering for began hearing some of the terrible things Cal had done in his past before he was a Christian, why he was sent to prison. And they were shocking enough 
that the board of directors said, we need to call you for a meeting. And, and they brought Cal in. And the director said, Cal, i got to tell you, I've been hearing about some of the things you used to do. And they're pretty shocking and horrifying. I don't know how you can be involved in this Christian ministry if these accusations are true. And Cal said, well, what have you heard? So the director, I'm told, went on for half an hour recounting the stories he heard about Cal. And when it was finished, Cal said, is that all? He said, what do you mean that's all? That, that's pretty horrifying. And they're true, Cal said. And I could keep you here for another half hour and tell you more horrific things than what you've told me. But you see, when I accepted Christ as my Savior back in prison, He took all of that away from me. He set me free from my past. He no longer holds me accountable for those things. So, so I focus on for this, forgetting what is behind me. Because Jesus has forgiven me. He's paid the price and I'm set free. And I'm told the, direct, the director of that ministry, when he heard Cal's testimony, broke into tears. He, he knew, he said, Cal, you're right. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? That's Cal's story. That's your story. That's my story. Cal focused on one thing. Jesus has forgiven me and now I'm set free. Forgetting what is behind. The Apostle Paul focused on one thing. Jesus forgiven me for my past. Forgetting what is behind. And then finally, Paul says, once I do that, I can now press forward. Number three. This is Paul's testimony. Forgetting the past. And we know what he had to forget. There's many who probably wanted to bring it up. But forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. It's a great place to live. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Would you hear this? It is not until we are free from our past can we press on and move forward and receive what God has for us. There will be a lot of people who are saying, I just want more of God. I want to know you. I want to hear you. But they're not coming saying, God, forgive me. And coming to an honest face-to-face, God, I need to deal with this, be forgiven of this, and be truly sorry for this. And if you have, not to bring it up again. I think I told you, um, I remember counseling a fellow once who had these horrific stories from his past. This is years ago from another church. And uh, he, boy, just, it just, it just would not let go of him. He wanted to forgive another of them. He felt he was forgiven another of them, but he kept coming back and haunting him. And so one day we just, we just typed out on his laptop computer all the things he did. And they're right there in front of him. You could see them. Terrible, horrible things. And then he sat and he hit the button on the computer called delete. I started deleting each one. I said, I said as we delete them, let's leave them. Forgetting what is behind. Because not until you leave that behind can we press forward to what God has in store for you. I love what the Life Application Bible says. I want to finish with this. I think it's going to be up on the screen. This is a poem. Paul had reason to forget what, what was behind. He held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Remember, he's eager to kill. We all have done things for which we are ashamed. And we live in the tension of what we have been and what we want to be. Do you understand what that tension feels like? Of what we have been and what we want to be. Because our hope is in Christ, however, we can let go of the past, a past guilt, and look forward to what God will help us become. Isn't that good news? 
Don't dwell on your past. Instead, grow in the knowledge of God by concentrating on your relationship with Him now. Realize that you are forgiven. And then move on to a life of faith and obedience. Look forward to a fuller and more meaningful life because of your hope in Christ. All of us have that opportunity. All of us have that chance to make that decision today to receive God's forgiveness. To know that we can be set free and move on. No matter what someone would say, no matter what somebody will say, well, I, I, I know what you've done. Well, that's true, but this is who I am in Christ and this is where I'm heading. We need to choose, accept, and receive the forgiveness of God so we may be free to be all that God would have us to be. All the other choices, all the other decisions we're going to look at in this sermon series will not be realized unless you can make this one. Because you can't move forward until you let go and be forgiven for where you've been and what you've done. Because here's what God says. All you need, all you need is my grace. All you need from me is my grace is enough for you. More than enough for you. And that's where you find freedom to carry on. Worship team, will you come up? We're going to sing. And at, during, at, during this song, I just want to stop. I'm going to pray for a little bit. So I just want to give you the invitation to accept, to reflect on God. And maybe confess something to Him in your heart today. And you, you, mean, you mean it sincerely. You, he's been speaking to you. He's been talking to you. There are things that you're holding on to, things that are not forgiven, or you feel like that I messed up and there's no hope for me, and you know now that's a lie. If he can forgive Paul, the murderer of the church, he can forgive you and will forgive you. The Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess them, but if we confess. So let's stand together as we sing. I can only So as we are saying that, I want you to try to imagine that day standing before Christ, who looks at you in love, knowing what you have done, but because of his death on the cross, paid for what you have done, wanting to set you free. And that day will come, we can stand before him, praise him, thank him, but let's not wait until that day, let's begin today. And I just want to pray, Lord, if there's any here today who need to confess and be set free, have those chains broken, God, and if they are crying from their heart and they're sincere, that you would hear that prayer. I want to see them in heaven stand before you, praising you, God. You want to see them. And so, Lord, we pray today and we give thanks to you. God, this is not just a, a church service, God. This is a calling. This is crying out to you. This is hearing from you. This is wanting to know you and be part of you, God, and have you part of our lives, not just in this hour, but every hour until that day we see you. And God, we thank you today for you are an awesome God. You're an awesome God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to you to give you a window into our church, but also an open doorway for you to enter into our community. Our Sunday service from June to September is at 10 a.m., and we welcome you to join us as we love like Jesus, live like Jesus, and lead others to Jesus. Please remember to visit HuronChapel.com and like this podcast to let others know about Paul's powerful progressive plan.